0: Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano.
2: And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon.
1: We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an
3: Icon.
0: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio.
3: What up? Happy Saturday. Welcome to the Joy Taylor Show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks to Ryan and Iowa Sam for hanging out with me today also. A lot going on. Week 18 in the NFL. Some bowl games. Some games today. Some NBA stuff. It's going to be a fun show. And we kind of get like a, a little bit of a bonus playoff weekend. That aren't, aren't particularly relevant. But... There are some uh, there's the, there's like a, a big pendulum like they either don't matter at all or it's the it's the season and your playoff hopes are on the line. It's essentially a play in game. So we have a lot to talk about today. A lot of possible movements. A lot of drama. Unnecessary, of course, but it is it is still a thing. This Antonio Brown situation because he still has more to say. I have lots to talk about when it comes to that. Baker Mayfield. And uh, as I mentioned, week 18 around the NFL, also national championship game this weekend, uh, this Monday night. And uh, that'll be a great one. Just heard the guys on um, talking about the game with Bama and Georgia. So we'll talk to Kiana Martin. 49ers senior reporter, so she will be covering one of those games. The Niners-Rams game is essentially a play game for the 49ers. If they win, they go to the postseason. And it's a very big game for the Rams as they want to uh, lock up the division and get some home games in the postseason. We'll talk to TJ Atashola, head of Twitter Sports and uh, Georgia Bulldog. He is on his way to Indy Uh, For the national championship game, it will be a big event for sports fans. I'm looking forward to it. And Daniel Jeremiah, my partner on NFL on Prime, on Move the Sticks, the scouts feed. So he uh, he has a podcast, Move the Sticks, with Bucky Brooks, also on NFL Network and works with the Chargers and with myself on Prime Video. He is a former scout and has great knowledge on the NFL. So we'll talk to him later in the show as well. So an exciting one coming up, preview the NFL games, college football championship. Antonio Brown, is LeBron is LeBron putting together an MVP season? I think he should be in the conversation. I think he should be in the conversation. We'll talk a little bit about that later. But let's get to my favorite five.
0: Now, we've got five NFL games for you. It's your favorite five.
3: All right, I really had it because as I mentioned this was, this was homework for me yesterday because <laughs> there aren't that many games that really have any postseason, you know, any postseason stakes of 17 in the NFL. This was the gamble, you know, that the NFL took in expanding to another week is that you could have a lot of games in the last week that just do not matter. And when you take away a little bit of the urgency with adding an extra game, that is uh, that's that's part of the deal. So here we are. Um, but. We will start with the Cowboys and the Eagles, who play later today. Chiefs and Broncos play uh, today as well. But obviously that game is, you know, it's not pertinent to anything as the Chiefs are in the playoffs and uh, the Broncos are not. But Cowboys-Eagles both have clinched a playoff berth, so it doesn't change anything as far as that. It could affect some seating if the if the Cowboys win, but everyone's on Dallas. I don't know why. I think Dallas has been playing fine, but there's this just sense of panic that Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys offense needs to look like I don't know the greatest show on turf or something. It's such an exaggeration. Like if you win games, go win the game. You play to win the game, and Dallas is fourth in the NFC. But there's this sense of panic around them that they they're not going to be able to get it done in the postseason. Uh, I don't know how they're going to perform in the postseason. Dallas always does this to us every year. But they do seem to be constructed this year at least differently on the defensive side of the ball. But the interesting thing about the Eagles is they are one of the best run teams in the NFL. So this game is more about observing. Does everyone get out of it healthy? How does Dallas Cowboys offense look? How does Dak Prescott look? And the Cowboys are favored by four. Eagles are dealing with some COVID issues. Dallas has a bunch of players out as well um, for various reasons. But uh, this is a game to pay attention to. Just get some learns from as we go into the postseason. All right. Steelers at the Ravens. Uh, Well, this game doesn't really matter. Like Steelers could sneak in with a bunch of different scenarios into the playoffs. But it is Ben Roethlisberger's last game in the NFL if they do not make the playoffs. Baltimore's favored by three and a half. Lamar Jackson's not playing. So I find that to be a little interesting. I think I would stay with the Steelers there um, with three and a half points, especially in a divisional game. But uh, that's a fun one if you are interested in seeing Ben Roethlisberger's last game in the NFL. All right. Niners at the Rams. Let's go. Niners. Niners. Jimmy G's injured. Yeah. <laughs> Williams is injured. <laughs> we don't know what Trey Lance is going to give us. But they need to win this game to get into the postseason. It is very important that they come out with a great performance here in Los Angeles against the Rams, who have uh, who love to turn the ball over that Matthew Stafford. He loves to give you extra opportunities. But they are so talented that they are able to overcome them. So, the interesting thing is, the Rams can't beat... Kyle Shanahan. The Rams always lose. They have lost the last five games to Kyle Shanahan. So this is a big one. Obviously, the Rams want to lock up the division, and they want to keep the Niners out of the postseason. This is a must-watch game. One of the very few, uh, very important postseason games with uh, with factors in it. Saints at Falcons. Look, uh, you know, the Saints are Saints are trying to sneak in. So let's you know, Marquise doesn't look great, but. New Orleans is favored by three and a half. Um, I think it would take the Falcons there actually with that um, with that spread. And then finally, Chargers at the Raiders. This is a playing game. This is actually a playoff game. Um, we get a bonus one. Whatever whoever comes out on top is in the postseason. It's an unbelievable season for the Raiders. nothing but dysfunction all season long, and they have managed to overcome all of it in really impressive fashion. And we all know what's going on with the Raiders all season long. Justin Herbert, new coach, Brandon Staley, in his first year in Los Angeles. LA is favored by three. And yeah, that's that 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 spreads a little interesting there. But this is this is the game really of the weekend. This is the game. Obviously, Niners Rams is super important. But Chargers Raiders, huge game. Essentially a bonus playoff weekend game. And I I don't know who I'm rooting for in that spot. Part of me wants to see Justin Herbert in the playoffs. Part of me feels like Derek Carr deserves it for dragging this Raiders team through the depths of darkness to being able to win a game and get into the playoffs. So I can't decide. But let's get to my dimes.
4: Here's yours. Dropping a dime piece. Two dimes.
3: All right, we got three today. What one, one, one of these days. Bonus. We'll, one of these days we'll figure it out. Yeah.
5: And then the season will be over. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> um, I'm taking the Eagles plus four against Dallas. Dallas is favored by four. Um Eagles have a great run game. This this game doesn't really matter to either of these teams. They're both in the playoffs. It's the main thing you are want to be in the tournament. Obviously it'd be nice to have a bunch of home games, but you win and you're in, and uh they're well, they're, they're already in, so there is no winner in here. But they want to get in healthy. So I think that the Eagles are going to lean into what they do best, which is run the ball. And I think they'll keep it close. So I'm taking Eagles plus four, Pitt plus three and a half. It's been Roethlisberger's last night, last game. He's going to give it all he got. Um, I, I know people are thinking there's going to be like an emotional letdown from Heinz Field, but they, they also have postseason hopes. So they are, they are, they actually need to win this game. So I'm going to go with Pittsburgh plus three and a half. And I'm going to do Raiders plus three. Um, look, they it's a playoff game, so I'm gonna and it's at home for the Raiders, so I'm taking the Raiders plus three. So my favorite five Cowboys, Eagles, Steelers, Ravens, Niners, Rams, Saints, Falcons, Chargers, Raiders, Dimes, Eagles plus four, Pitt plus four, Raiders. I mean, I'm sorry, Pitt plus three and a half Raiders plus four. Um this is an exciting weekend. It's the last week in the NFL. We made it, guys. We made it!
5: How could he not be rooting for Derek Carr? I mean, he didn't even get a chance to play in his one playoff appearance. He wasn't even there. They had to play uh, Connor Cook or whoever that bum was. Yeah. And, you know, and he's been in the league a long time now. I mean, I kind of want to see him succeed. Even though I like the Chargers a I, lot. I, here's the thing, though.
3: Here's the thing. You know, like, you know when, like, you, you like someone, but they they're like – being friends with them means you have to deal with like their dysfunctional family or their girlfriend sucks or something so if you're like constantly inviting them to things then like you validate that their significant other is awesome when they're in fact terrible you know what i mean so it's like you want to do things with them but like you can't deal with the dysfunction like i don't i don't want the, the i don't want the raiders uh brass to feel like they're doing anything right you know what I mean? Because they're not. So, so that's kind of like that's my that's my conflict with with the Raiders making the postseason. Because I absolutely want that for Derek Carr. You're absolutely right. I think Derek Carr is great. He does not get enough credit for what he does there.
5: So, how the Raiders put themselves in this position? If like you know the execs and everybody's screwing up, or I mean, it's just been such a crazy year. It's, it's been a been miracle a they got this far. It's
3: been <laughs> but a some disaster. things that were out of their
5: control, like John Gruden being a bigot, eh, and you know, eh, yeah. Eh. The other stuff.
3: I mean no, I mean yes, certainly those players certainly the the rug situation was, was no one uh but his fault. Um but the Gruden thing, I would not go as, as far as to say it's no one's responsibility.
5: Well, no, no, I mean, like you know, the, the players didn't know anything. Oh about no, 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 no! Certainly and...
3: not the players. Certainly not the players. I, 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 think the Raiders story is is amazing. I think what they've done and Derek Carr leading that team through everything that they've been through this year is incredible.
5: Um, you just don't see them moving past the like a wild card or anything, you know?
3: Divisional. Well, no, but I don't think I th- I see the Chargers doing that either, though. Um, that's what I'm saying. Like I'm, there's 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 good stories on both sides. I I can't decide. I guess you're right. I think maybe you've talked me into the Raiders.
5: Like the Her- Herbert, I think will have many opportunities to make the playoffs because he's just starting his career. And Derek Carr is what 29, 30. I mean, he's been in the league a-, a hot minute now, and so his chances, I feel like, are gonna like run out at some point. You know.
3: All right, I'm rooting for the Raiders. Yay! Yay. <laughs> I do. I know. I do.
5: It's going to be a great. I mean, it's it's going to be a great. You'll be game. happy with yes. whoever wins. Yeah. as a casual fan.
3: I just really want it to be a really competitive game. Um, no ties. Uh, uh, no, no ties. ties. Yes. I'm, no I'm ties vouching for Sorry, the endless
2: kneel downs. Just <laughs> 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 kneel downs back and forth. <laughs> 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 and they can pay the bolt. Get in there. We go.
3: Yeah. Oh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like that's that's. Uh, they actually asked Brandon Staley about that. Like, it's it, nobody's playing for a tie.
5: Okay, if they both got in, who would they just play each other again? Like, how does that work? I'd have to look at the bracket. I have no idea.
3: Um, I don't think so it's because they'd play. probably be close, so they would play a higher seated yeah. um, team. But yeah, no, nobody's playing for a tie. Um, all right, we got a fun show. Rest of the show, a lot going on in Week 18 in the NFL. Antonio Brown, Baker Mayfield, LeBron MVP. Uh national championship game. At the bottom of the hour, we'll talk to Kiana Martin. She is the 49ers senior reporter. That is the other huge game this weekend, so we'll get her thoughts on everything that's going on in San Francisco. But coming up next on the Joy Taylor Show, Antonio Brown had a lot to say yesterday about Tom Brady. We will discuss that and play you some clips from that next. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a and b with an ocean
1: view
3: You know what song I have listened to probably 50 times in the last two days? What's that? This should tell you if you're ever wondering just how literally not normal I am. Uh, I just stumbled across it again. I was like, you know what? This is a great tune. I forgot about this song. I'm going to listen to it until I go insane. And it's uh, Careless Whisper, George Michael.
5: That's a great song. It's a great song. We can play that later.
3: I would like to play it later. I don't. I. I, I can't listen to any other song. Just on repeat. I get into Does that. Does anyone too. else do that? Like, yeah, that's, an, that that's not, not just like me.
5: 500 times, but. No, like 50. And then you're just like, I don't want to hear this song for another six
3: months. That's what I do. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I do. I wear it out. I don't know. Because
5: it just gives you those good vibes.
3: Yeah, just get in, yeah, in moods. Yeah, puts in moods. Brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. Plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com. You're listening to The Joy Taylor Show. We'll talk to Kiana Martin, senior 49ers. Reporter, a uh, huge game with the Rams and Niners this weekend. Really looking forward to that. And Raiders Chargers, who the guys have talked me into taking the Raiders side on that. Just as far as a rooting interest. I'm also taking them from a gambling interest as well because I think they will cover three points. But um, yeah, Derek Carr postseason after a really crazy dysfunctional season in Las Vegas I think I'm rooting for that now they talked me into it all right so antonio brown is uh, he's 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 doing interviews he's pleading his side of the story with the public after being cut from the tampa bay buccaneers for taking off half of his uniform and running across the field during an nfl game after allegedly being told he's done by Bruce Arians. Now, there's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of stories out out there about what actually happened here. And, you know, I've given my opinion on this several times throughout the week on The Herd and Speak for Yourself, but maybe this is the first time you're hearing from me this week. So, in general, I'm 0% surprised that this happened. Not surprised at all. At all. And... After a while, there's just certain things in life that don't surprise me. Like, you know, at some point, things that our former president would do or say ceased to surprise me. I don't know if that's a good quality to get accustomed to dysfunction to the point that it doesn't move me. But once it becomes wildly predictable how someone's going to behave, I no longer have the energy to get excitably outraged or have a massive reaction to their behavior because it's expected. I expected something to happen with Antonio Brown. Now, what? who knows? Because there's such a wide range of things that he has been involved in over his career on and off the field. But the moment in which Bruce Arians did not cut him for being suspended for having a fake vaccination card, he opened the floodgates for this behavior. There's three main characters in this story. Antonio Brown, Bruce Arians, and Tom Brady. Antonio Brown's behavior was completely and utterly predictable. Completely predictable. I I, I don't have enough time in the show to go through the list of things that Antonio Brown has been involved in. So I'll just condense it to like a couple incidents. Let's let's decide to go all the way back to the Raiders. Let's just go to September 2019 when he was sued for sexual assault and accused of sexual misconduct and released by the Patriots. Then we can go to January, where he verbally abused the mother of his children in front of the police. And we know what else he did in that incident. And uh, also had an incident with a delivery driver where he got into a physical altercation with them. And then he was sued by his former chef, suspended three games for the fake vaccination card, and he was not cut. So in the moment that he wasn't cut for that incident, after Bruce Arians very clearly stated there was not going to be any tolerance for any kind of nonsense... Well, when you have somebody that you have to have very clear boundaries for their behavior, when you stretch those boundaries, then it's very clear to them they can behave however they want because you are not consistent with your guidelines. Now, I had no problem with Bruce. I won't say I didn't have no problem with it. I wasn't outraged at Bruce Arians for keeping Antonio Brown because they needed him. They needed his position. They had injuries. But there is a risk you take. When you keep him on the on your team after being suspended, when he has this laundry list of examples of what he does when he doesn't have to behave a certain way. Now, the Tom Brady element comes into it because he, Antonio Brown, has dragged Tom Brady's name into this saga Tom Brady really didn't have much to do with it other than putting his reputation and neck on the line to bring Antonio Brown in. A gamble, which, by the way, did pay off. They won the Super Bowl and Antonio Brown contributed to that win. But this, is a, this has a timeline. Antonio Brown has a timeline for when he is going to do whatever it is that A.B. is going to do. Why do we know that? Because we've seen it every single time. We've seen it every single time. There's no confusion about how he's going to behave. So he was cut. He, he was he He was stripped. Ran off the field, and now everyone's trying to figure out where they stand on it. One question I would have to you, is: I keep seeing a lot of people like, well, we don't know what was said, and you know, people are trying to like come for Antonio Brown. I want to know, what job do you have? I am so curious. What job do you have where your boss can say something to you that you don't like, and you can strip half your clothes off and run out of the building, and then expect anyone— In that business to hire you again, I must know what it is that you do because I am positive I can't do that. I'm positive if I behave that way, no matter what it is my boss says to me, I will not be hired at another place. I'm positive no matter how talented I am or how many people I know or whatever you think it is. (laughs) It's not going to happen. So I'm just I'm so curious if you guys can fill me in on that because I don't get it. But Antonio Brown is now trying to plead his side of the story. I don't I I wouldn't be shocked if he gets another opportunity in the league at all, because at the end of the day, there's always going to be someone who lines up to think that they can fix this situation. So he was talking yesterday and he he really made it very clear, at least in his in his eyes, what his relationship was with Tom Brady.
6: I'm just a diehard Brady Listen, fan. Listen, man, it's what it is. It's not about being a fan; it's about being a realistic humanity, a human. Mm-hmm. That's what it's about, bro. A Brady fan, Brady can't do by itself. But you guys gonna make it seem like he just this horror guy, bro. We all humans, bro. We all depending on someone else to do the jobs. Just like you show, show you depending on the, the the video team, the the audio team. You 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 count on people to set
3: this up. Okay, so. Tom Brady is the only reason why Antonio Brown was in the NFL. The only reason. Yeah, and that's not my opinion. The market said so. Were you on a team? No, you were not. You weren't. (laughs) So so there's nothing really to discuss about him relying on other people or not. Like, we know the reason why he wanted you there is because you're talented. But he's the only reason why you were there. That's it. So you can twist it any other way you want to. Rational people who aren't involved in the emotion of picking sides on this know, you're there because of Tom Brady. Well, he also wanted to plead that he deserves, despite his extensive record of being incapable of functioning in an organization for a long period of time, he feels that he was wronged when it comes to the money as well.
6: If Tom Brady's my boy, why am I playing for earnest salary? Right. You my boy though, right? Right. Gronkowski is boy, right? Right. How much do you get paid? Significant amount. Damn. All right, so so why is AB on a it deal? Who's better than me over there? Let's be real. Right, but don't no, you... no, 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 no. Let's not not be right. Let's be honest. No, this is be podcast I'll be real. to be real. No, I'll be real. Who A-B is the is best guy over there? A-B. Since you guys know football, who for is sure, it? For sure, who's A-B. the best
0: guy over and that team? No, Man, AB football
6: receiver wise, who is the
0: guy that get it popping? I mean, I think it's a combination of all you guys.
3: I'm glad someone stuck some reason, just slipped it right in there at the end. I think it's a combination of all you guys. You think so? You think you think Mike Evans is like, okay. You think Chris Codwin is is pretty reliable before his ACL tear, you know? Rob Gronkowski, has three championships. Rob Gronkowski, who's the first battle hall of famer, probably gonna go down as the most dominant tight end of all time. Pretty pretty reliable. Do you think it's a combination of you guys? Again, nothing that happened with Antonio Brown is surprising. I, I don't know what jobs you guys have where you feel like you could behave the way he did after your boss said something to you and get hired anywhere ever again. I'm very confused about it. I I don't feel any kind of sympathy for Bruce Arians because he opened the door for this the moment that he kept him on the team. Tom Brady, it's a shame that he's doing doing Tom like this, but no good deed goes unpunished. And we had plenty of evidence that this is how it was all going to turn out with Antonio Brown. Now, that being said... I would not be surprised if he's on a team next year because talent trumps everything. And at the end of the day, someone's going to convince themselves that they're not going to end up in the exact same situation that Tom Brady and Bruce Arians did. And I'm going to go ahead and guess that if they do, they will. Because we've seen it every single time. And we will see it again because that's what Antonio Brown is. And he clearly has no interest in changing that. Because he's going out there and doing exactly what he did before with the Raiders and with the Steelers, and it's going to happen again if he gets another opportunity in the NFL, which, look, someone wants to take that risk. Best of luck to ya. Let's talk to Kiana Martin after What's tr- what's Trending.
0: Hi everyone. Well, welcome on in. What's going on in college basketball today? St. John's in Providence came to a close. Providence won by 10-83-73, one of the top teams in the nation, Purdue they had their way today at Penn State. Who lobs it into Working against John Harrah, spinning to the right shoulder and scoring with a left hand. Now that's a strong move there by the Canadian Zach Eady. Yeah, Boilermakers getting it done, 74-67. They're thirteen 13-2 this season. Clemson won at NC State, 70-65. Underway right now, a handful of games. That includes number 14 Texas trailing at Oklahoma State, 11-5. DePaul and Villanova on Fox. 19th-ranked team in the nation, Villanova losing by a point, 10 to 10-9 as a count, count there. College football scene today, former Auburn Tigers head coach Gene Chizik has agreed to join North Carolina as their new defensive coordinator. And Gary Patterson, the former TCU head coach, is in talks right now to join Texas. Joy, back to you.
1: Do you love Selena?
2: Like, really love
3: on Fox Sports Radio, the Joy Taylor Show. She's a senior reporter for the 49ers who are in a huge game this weekend. Kiana, thanks so much for joining us. Joy, good
6: to chat with you. How's it going?
3: It's going good. You know, I'm just trying to figure out, you know, what kind of job I can get where I can strip and run across the field and then get hired again, you know? Because it <laughs> seems like a lot of these people out there got these jobs. I am confused. But- yeah, I. I- no idea (laughs) i don't know i don't understand it but let's talk about the 49ers they're they're in in the tournament with a win this weekend obviously the jimmy g injury is extremely painful for him he has said as much how much do you think we're going to see of him this weekend
6: honestly if i had to take a guess i would say you'd see a lot of jimmy garoppolo and now that is If he's able to maintain an entire 60 minutes of play while dealing with this stuff, you got to think about it. He's dealing with a grade three uh, sprain. He's torn off the ligament. You know, he has his finger wrapped. He's had it wrapped all week. He's even admitted that he's in, I can't say the word, but he's in a lot of pain, (laughs) essentially, is what he's dealing with right now. But uh, when you look at the bigger picture, you... He made his return to practice this week. You got to see him actually throw for the first time since suffering that injury in Week 16. Uh, and reporters have been there. They've been watching him make these passes and make these throws. Uh Even a beat writer that was there caught George Kittle talking about how great of a ball he just threw. He's doing this while dealing with this injury, but you don't see any drop-off. And, I mean, that's a lot of credit to his toughness. People talk about how tough he is over these last few seasons, playing through injuries, a high ankle sprain, so on and so forth. But I say all of this to say, when you think about the success that the 49ers have had, they've had it with Jimmy Garoppolo under center. So, if I had to guess and throw out a percentage, I would say as long as he's able to make throws, you're probably going to see a lot of them.
3: Well, and that's why... You know, we've talked all on our, you know, our opinion shows about who would be the best guy to have out there this weekend. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's of course Jimmy G. Like we saw what Trey Lance did and was, you know, the potential that he has, but like this was the plan all, all year. Otherwise, why would you why would you not have started Trey Lance from week one? Like you felt like you could be competitive this year. Jimmy has been your quarterback all along. I think it's kind of unfair to put Trey Lance in a situation where he's expected to go in as a rookie and win what is essentially a playoff game right now.
6: 100%. And I think a lot of people, of course you get excited when you think about the 49ers jumping up nine spots in the draft to grab a guy like him, a young guy. And then you think about kind of this wave of quarterbacks that you see when you look at Lamar Jackson, you look at Kyler Murray and you you can tell he's, he's athletic, he's mobile. He can extend play. So of course, there's a lot of excitement that comes along with having a guy like Trey Lance, but I think we often forget he's only played in three games over the last two years. So with everything that's on the line with the 49ers and yes, he did. It was a slow start last week, but he got the job done uh, closing out that game against the Texans, which it would be a completely different story. If the 49ers did drop that game, this game wouldn't even matter because they're basically cleaning out their locker, but he was able to step in he was able to get the 49ers the win. But when you have a guy like Jimmy, they've talked about this, this entire off season and going into the season, Jimmy's their guy 49ers feel like they can win with Jimmy Garoppolo. Now it's just all about his, him being able to function on Sunday. And he knows this game plan. He knows the Rams. He's the one that's rattled off five wins against them as well. So, uh, I know there's a lot of excitement around Trey Lance, but I think in a situation like this, when you have your entire season on the line, you go with what you know and what has gotten you this far. And that's Jimmy Garoppolo.
3: Yeah, dance with the one that brought you. We're talking to Kiana Martin, senior reporter for the 49ers and the Joy Taylor Show on Fox Sports Radio. So you mentioned they've <laughs> they've really had the Rams number. What? Why? Like, what is it that <laughs> the, the, the Niners are doing that the Rams could not deal with? That's the question that everyone wants
6: to know. You know what? These are two really good teams, two very well-coached teams. But I think for the 49ers, the big thing for them is just when they face the Rams, they really get back to what they ultimately do and what makes that team successful. And obviously that's running the ball. I mean, you you look at just years past, and I know there's a stat out there when you look at every single year, the 49ers have had a different leading rusher, and that's just because Kyle Shanahan and – Running backs coach Bobby Turner, they really prized that running back and that rushing uh, position. So uh, you, I, there was actually a stat that I was looking at not too long ago um, from one of my good friends, Akash Anabarothan, And he was talking about the numbers over the last three games for the 49ers against the Rams, 37 rushes for 122 yards, 33 rushes for 112 yards, 44 rushes for 156 yards. When the team can dominate the time of possession, when they are efficiently and effectively running the ball, they're able to convert on third down. And most importantly, this is very, very important for the 49ers team, when they are able to secure the ball, they see success. I was uh, pulling up some numbers. They're a perfect seven and zero this season when an interception is not thrown in a game, but on the contrary, they're two and seven when a signal caller throws at least one pick. Mm. And if they're coughing up the ball multiple times, they're one and seven. You got to take care of the ball, and that's what they've been able to do when they're playing against the Rams. And when they see that success, these five
3: last wins. And speaking of turning the ball over at a high rate, they'll be playing against Matthew Stafford, who loves to turn the ball over. And that's that's kind of I mean I'm being sarcastic, but like that's that's sort of my, my issue with the Rams this year is like every game that Matthew Stafford has these these egregious amount of turnovers, everyone's like, well, yeah, well, not every game they've won, but like the games against bad teams they've won. And that's my point. Like, you're not going to be able to do mm-hmm. that against a good team. You can do that against the Ravens with the backup quarterback. Like, you you can't right. do that in the postseason. You're not going to be able to do that in Lambeau against Aaron Rodgers. It ain't going to work. So right. What what... What are your thoughts on Matthew Stafford his his year with the Rams so far?
6: I mean, this this is his, his mistakes aside, I mean, he's having a fantastic season with Los Angeles. I I think this might be one of the years if I'm not mistaken that he's, you know, had the best completion percentage if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he, his best record as a starting quarterback has been this season. And I mean, a lot of credit goes to, we obviously don't have to go into it, but look at Cooper Cup and the year that he's yeah. had before that those two have. Stafford's having a phenomenal year. But uh, going back to what you just talked about, protecting the ball has been a struggle over the last two games. He's had five interceptions. Uh, I think he's tied for first in the league with, the most second most interceptions thrown. I think he's had 15 interceptions on the season. And I think that's an area that the 49ers want to exploit. They got to do that twice, twice. And I think we, we also forget this, too. The 49ers were in a four-game losing streak when they had that Monday night game against the Rams. And a lot of people are ready to write off the 49ers season. All right, you know, the Rams are about to steamroll them. They just got OBJ. They just got Vaughn. The ers have no chance. But those mistakes, and that's what I go back to, when I talk about the 49ers and their success, they have to take care of the ball because those mistakes can be costly. Um, so I think that's another area that they're looking to. How can they force him into these uncomfortable situations? Um, Jimmy Ward, 49er safety right now, he's on the reserve COVID list and they're hoping that he's clear before tomorrow. But, uh, he's a guy who plays the Rams fairly well. He's the one that got two of those picks, uh, in the last meeting. So, Uh, I I say all of this to say, you know, Stafford is having a fantastic season, but those mistakes could be what really hurts the Rams uh, as they make it to the postseason.
3: We're talking to Kiana Martin. (laughs) Uh, Do we have an update on Trent Williams?
6: Uh, As of now, not really an update. Um, He missed all three of the week's practices. He's been dealing with that elbow injury uh, that was suffered in the last game. But Kyle Shanahan still feels optimistic. He said that if Trent could be out there he's gonna be out there um they had him off the field this week just to kind of work on resting that arm of trying to rehab it get him back on the field but as of now he's ruled officially been ruled questionable going into the game but as of now they are hoping that that uh all pro pro bowl left tackle can be on the field that you definitely want him out there
3: yeah absolutely um so obviously we know however the season ends Jimmy Garoppolo's not going to be with the 49ers next year. Like, that was the point of bringing in Trey Lance. So, you know, you're there around the team, around the fans. What, what is the optimism level for Trey Lance? Because we haven't seen a lot from him. We've seen some moments uh, where, you know, you see what he can develop into. But, you know, is there any kind of anxiety about moving on from Jimmy G to Trey Lance? You know what? When you kind of talk
6: to guys, of course, you're going to support your quarterback with the plural for the 49ers uh, regardless who's under center but one thing that that you notice guys are 100 percent with if jimmy's in they're behind jimmy if trey is in they're 100 percent behind trey uh so you really don't see much of a difference there but when they are speaking of trey everyone talks about you know how he's progressed uh over these last few weeks even kyle shanahan said before last week when he was going to make his second start that like these last four weeks, just as a scout team quarterback, he has just vastly improved. Uh, Fred Warner, when as Trey's been on scout team, he said that, you know, at some point in the season, he kind of had to pull him aside and was like, hey, Trey, like, I know you want to be perfect. You want to make these perfect throws. You want to do this, but let it loose. Don't have all of these restrictions on yourself. Play your football. And Trey's gotten better over that time. Um, and I think one of those special things about Scout team, I know, you know, like I said, people want to see him under center, but one of the special things about it is that he's getting to try things that he maybe might not always get to do when just running a Kyle Shanahan offense. And that's boded well for him. Uh, but the guys have seen him improve. Kyle said he's coming off of an even better week of practice than he had last week, so a lot of guys supporting trey they're excited to see Trey, but as of now, I think the team as a whole isn't getting too far ahead. I think all attention and focus is just on sunday and I'm not saying I know for a fact it's Jimmy, but regardless who's under center, I think that's what they're looking forward to.
3: Well, I'm looking forward to this game. Uh, We all are a very important game this weekend with the Rams and Niners. Kiana Martin, senior reporter for the 49ers, thanks so much for joining us. Enjoy the game this weekend. Appreciate it. Enjoy the game. Hopefully it's a good one for the 49ers. (laughs) Yes. Thank you to Kiana Martin. Make sure you follow her on social media as well. Uh, Coming up, who am I most concerned about? What team am I most concerned about heading into the playoffs? It's the Joy Taylor Show. Fox Sports
4: Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen
2: live.
1: Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano.
2: And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon.
1: We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and
3: search Becoming an Icon. All right. Very excited to have the king of Twitter. Wow. The king of Twitter, uh, of Twitter sports. If you are anyone in sports, uh, really, if you are anybody important, you know who who TJ Adishola is. Um, but if you haven't heard of him, then um, today's today's a very special day for you because he is the greatest. He is a goat of many things. Um, he is he is an ally and an important friend of mine. And uh, he is headed to Indy for the college football championship game this weekend. And he was probably a little nervous there for a second. You can be you can be you can admit you were a little nervous in the semifinal, right?
4: Joy, don't try to play me. Don't try to play me. We were born for this stage. We were born for this moment. Uh, But I must say, before I talk my talk, thank you for having me on. I'm humbled. I'm privileged. I'm excited to support you in this way. But, yes, national championship, baby.
3: My Georgia Bulldogs are excited. At the beginning of the season, did you see your Georgia Bulldogs here? Be real. Keep it a buck. (laughs) Keep it a buck. So,
4: here's what I'd say. In five, six seasons, Kirby Smart and staff have come in and, This is our second national title game in just five, six years. So he's come in and changed expectations. The expectation is excellence. The expectation is that we will compete on the biggest stage for national titles. I think we all collectively knew that if we beat Clemson to start the year, which we did, that we'd be well positioned for a championship run. And here we are. And in the process previous coaches, current coaches have gotten bags. Dan Lanning got an offer from Oregon. He's their new head coach. Mel Tucker, who was our previous D.C., got a big bag from Michigan State. So we're starting to build a really special program. And and I can't say that I'm surprised. I can't say I'm surprised at all.
3: (laughs) Now, TJ, are you nervous? (laughs) Because it is is Alabama.
4: So you always got to put respect on coach Saban and Alabama, like you have to, and anybody who, who says they're not nervous or don't have a smidge of anxiety is lying to you. The key is you can't give them bulletin board material. You can't give them that quote unquote rat poison that he uses to tell his team that they're underrated and that people are disrespecting them. So we're going to come in humble. We're going to come in ready to rock You get nervous before big games, whether you're playing, whether you're cheering, whether you're announcing. So I think there's a smidge of anxiety and and, and butterflies, but I feel cautiously optimistic. These boys are ready to go.
3: They look great all season long. They've been dominant all season long. And I do think that the public will be on Georgia's side. I think generally, if you're not an Alabama fan, you generally root against Alabama. So you have that going for you.
4: I, does that mean you're cheering for Georgia? Is that? Is oh, that, I, that what I'm I mean, I'm cheering
3: for I'm cheering for Georgia because you're my dear friend, and I want you to be happy. Appreciate so, and I, but also, like, I, you know, I've seen a couple Alabama championships. I, I wouldn't have a, a necessarily a rooting interest. What I really want is a great game. That's what I care right. about as a as a fan of college football, but not with any particular al- allegiance in this game. Because we saw in the two semifinals, they were blowouts. And like for you, it was, I'm sure, amazing. And, you know, you were probably popping champagne and Alabama fans (laughs) were too. But for the rest of us, you know, just trying to watch some some great playoff games, it was quite a a little disappointing.
6: Well,
4: so that's a challenge as the as the playoff is currently constructed. Right. Like despite the seeding you had a pretty good sense that Alabama was going to do what Alabama did. And, and, I mean, if I may, that Georgia was going to do what Georgia did too. So the hope is, you know, as this thing evolves moving forward, that we'll have matchups and and storylines that actually show up in good competitive and dramatic games on, on the field. But as a Georgia fan, look, I'm gonna take it anywhere I can get it. Anywhere I can get it.
3: <laughs> well, so are you I'm for the college football playoff expansion. I was before I was for it before the COVID shutdown last year. Now it's kind of inevitable because of all the money that college football lost last year. But I also always thought it was better with more teams, even though we may see blowouts, we might see, you know, that five or six seed that was arguing about trying to get in was actually more ready to play a Georgia or an Alabama.
4: That's a hundred percent, right? Like the more teams that have the opportunity to play on the stage, the more chances there are for upsets for, for drama I'd also say that, I mean, one of the things that makes March Madness so incredible is that there's a lot more teams that are involved and upsets do happen, you know? So I would hope that the playoffs expanded. It obviously sounds like that is the direction that we're heading in. The one thing I would say, though, Joy, is we've got to figure out a way for the pendulum to not swing too far in the opposite direction to where if you're not playing in a playoff bowl game, that it doesn't matter to you, like because we're seeing a lot of that, right? Like, if you're not in that top four, does it really matter as much to the fan base, to the players, to the institution? So we've got to figure out how to continue to to create value for the non-playoff games while you know encouraging and incorporating other teams into the larger playoff system.
3: We're talking to TJ Atashola, head of Twitter Sports, uh, a goat, a goat amongst. Among sports fans
4: <laughs> um <laughs>
3: but well i would say this though tj and just to play devil's advocate for what you just said everything can't matter like there it does also need to be an exclusive honor to be a part of the college football playoff so i'm okay with some of these bowls these unnecessary bowls kind of falling off in, in the <laughs> You know, it, I mean, it's just every, everybody can't win something important. Like that's the be, that's right. what's why why winning matters.
4: I, I can't disagree with that. If you're a uh, a seven and six team, right, that bowl game that you get accepted into should not feel the same as a playoff game. Right. That I agree with. Right. But if you're if you're playing on New Year's Day, if you're a nine ten win team. That ball game should hit a little different than the toilet bowl that is played the day after Christmas, you know. So we've got to figure out what that looks like.
3: <laughs> um, so there's a lot of conversation about how the NIL is the wild, wild west, and it's out of control. And these SEC schools are paying linemen a million each, and this, that, and it's <laughs> panic. And and most of it, to me, is is kind of ironic because for the longest time, I I, I couldn't be told enough that you know college players, not just football, all college athletes should just be happy with the free education they're they're getting. They're getting paid Mm -hmm. with free free education. Um, And that's important because... Only, you know, 1% of the 1% actually become professional athletes and even a smaller fraction of that of those professional athletes actually make generational money. So it's very important for you to maximize your time in college. And then here comes the NIL. And all I can hear about is how you shouldn't be making decisions when it comes to money because, uh, mm. you know, it's 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 not all about money. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> Wait. what if, what if this is the only time to your point about not becoming a professional what if this is the only time that I can maximize off of my name image likeness shouldn't I be making as much as possible so they can't decide what to tell these young people but in my opinion everybody needs to uh, to, to chill out it's going to course correct <laughs> um, I don't think there's a need for massive regulations with it but what are your thoughts
4: you know joy you and I have been doing the sports thing for a little bit and I'll tell you when I was in college, I remember being, thankfully, on a full ride, but I also remember having the ability to get a bag to work, whether it was on campus or off campus. And my homies who played sports would routinely be like, "Hey, bro, can I can I hold a few dollars?" Like it was tough for them, and guess what? They actually worked harder than me on the field than I did in the classroom or off the field as well. So the the fact that we were both on scholarship, but I had the opportunity to make money in a bunch of different ways and they couldn't, it was so wild to all of them. Not to mention, like Newsflash, a lot of these kids come from humble beginnings, a lot of these kids come from 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 little. So they are the, the one opportunity that these families have to change their trajectory forever. God forbid that they get a little economic success for putting the school on their back and playing at the highest level and representing them on ESPN each and every week, right? So, I, I do think you're 100% right. It's new. This is the infancy of this. So, there will be some course correction that needs to occur. There will need to be some normalizing that needs to occur. It's a little wonky right now, but I'm so, 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 so happy that these young boys are able to get to the bag. They're not getting it for not doing anything. They're practicing and in the heat of summer, missing spring breaks. And they're balling each and every week. Get these boys their bread. They deserve it. Exactly. Deserve it.
3: Exactly. We're talking to TJ Adishola, the head of Twitter sports. So I have, um I have a little bit of a reputation on Twitter.
4: <laughs> Talk about it.
3: <laughs> and, uh, and it's, and it's earned and it's authentic. And, you know, very few things on social media or the internet are authentic, but, you know, I I am who I am, and if you come for me, and I'm feeling in the mood, if I'm feeling spicy, I'm gonna send you uh, straight to the depths of hell, and I'm not gonna think twice about it. Um, but you know, everybody has a different kind of attitude and approach right. to Twitter, and this is your this is your business, this is your world. Um, so if if I could have any suggestion for, and I've seen this posed by different people, um, an idea for Twitter, and I think for Twitter's Twitter sports specifically because we see a lot of this with athletes and we just saw Baker Mayfield fire back at a, a reporter which I think is big wild but we don't have enough time to get into all that yet mm-hmm. um, I, I, I'm going to suggest an expose you feature where, okay, talk, talk to me
6: about
3: it. like, because obviously the anonymity of social media allows for trolls to exist, which is fine. Like, mm-hmm. it's not changing my mm-hmm. life. I'm fabulous and beautiful and I have a great life. So there's nothing that they're going to say is going to hurt my feelings. But that doesn't work the same way for everybody. And they, they function under this ability to not have their name or where they work or, mm-hmm. you know, what they do or their family or anything like that. Whereas a public figure like myself... I, I, everybody knows what I work, where I work, what I do, whatever. can't hide. Can't can't hide. hide. So whatever right. I say is what I say when I said it, how I said it, when I said it. So can we just get like an expose you feature? Like you can use it once in your Twitter history. You can just fire somebody up and like, it pulls up who they are and who they work for. And like, they got to, they got to wear whatever it is, this tweet that they put out.
4: Oh, you want all the receipts. You want all the information, huh? Yeah. I, I got you. I got you. So you, you, you do an incredible job of dunking on people who come at you the wrong way and we all love it. And I hope that it continues to your point. Different people use the platform in different ways, but uh, I'm going to hit the homie Jack. I am gonna hit the homie Jack, the homie Jack <laughs> and tell him Joy Taylor says we need to change a few things and we'll see what happens. You know, I didn't know that product was, was uh, a thing that was within your toolbox, within your skill set. I should have never doubted it. So now that I know, we can talk about it. We can talk product.
3: <laughs> you don't know, have a thinker, TJ. Who is the most <laughs> impactful athlete on Twitter to you? I know you don't want to like, oh. you know, you don't want to pick one person, but who's somebody maybe it's somebody that we wouldn't we wouldn't expect that oh. you know is really effective on Twitter.
4: It's a good question because there are some people who just stop the timeline anytime they tweet. Like a Kevin Durant or, or LeBron or even a Baker Mayfield, given how he uses it. To your recent example, he, he, here's how I would answer that question because I believe the word you used was impactful. And when when I think about impact, I think about actually like driving action, driving change. So I'm not going to say specific person, but uh, I, I do want to shout out. This, the women's sports community on Twitter, more broadly, female athletes and, and allies. I mean, you think about the WNBA. They they literally changed the course of an election in the state of Georgia simply by leveraging their voice on, on social media. You think about Women's March basketball tournament last year and comparing the food and the the, the accommodations that the men had versus the women. And it was... Ridiculous, and if it wasn't for social media and them using their voice in their platform, that stuff may not have changed. So, I, I I think when when I think about impact, I think about how just dozens and droves of voices within the women's sports community, athletes, fans, journalists, the whole nine, have really leveraged their platforms, their voices to drive change. And to me, that's that's impact, and that's super dope.
3: That's why you're an executive, TJ. That was an excellent answer. And you're right. Like that's that is really what like the power of social media. And people talk about like cancel culture, and like you know there are some negatives to us all having this much access to each other. But yeah, like when I think of that um, that picture that was posted of of like the men's tournament compared to the women's tournament, I'm like, who bought these little weights? These little this (laughs) this one. We we all gonna share one little um one little yoga mat. That's what that was the plan. Like wild, wild, wild. But but that 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 picture really changed it. And now we're still seeing a ripple effect of changes from that. So um, that's you know what? That's why that's why Jack pays you the big bucks, TJ. That's why you're the man. <laughs> um, good answer. Thank you so much for uh, jumping on with us. I know you are you are a very busy man. TJ Atashola, head of Twitter sports. I really appreciate it. Good luck to your Georgia Bulldogs this weekend. I will be Thank rooting for you. the Georgia Bulldogs to win so that you are one percent happier. Or, I don't know it was doesn't it 1%? Count.
4: I don't believe you for us unless I see a tweet. So on Monday, I will be looking at your <laughs> timeline waiting for a go dog tweet. <laughs> um,
3: well, you know what? I will because uh, and actually, I'm not gonna vow I suit it's too late. I already opened my mouth. I, I will do it also because <laughs> our good our good friend Taylor Rooks uh, is also a big Georgia fan so yeah hop hop in the
4: spaces talk about it too you you know you know a little something about twitter spaces yes i need all the support that i can get
3: yes i will i will hold a twitter spaces before (laughs) the
4: college (laughs) football
3: national championship game if you haven't jumped on twitter spaces with me it's it's a it's a really fun platform that twitter has right now um and i it's kind of like taking calls on the radio which i which i don't do but like we can actually have conversations uh about whatever it is you want to talk about and i host them a couple times a week is there anything you want to promote tj
4: Nah nah I mean you you become a product executive in five minutes and I love it. So thank you for plugging <laughs> Twitter Spaces. Thank you for plugging uh Twitter. We've got we've got a lot of cool stuff planned for the national championship, um, including a tweet suite where we'll invite a bunch of Bama alum, Georgia alum and really really prominent fans of each institution and we're just gonna vibe and enjoy what we hope to be a really competitive and fun. Game
3: on Monday night. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for jumping on, TJ. Have a safe and fun weekend at the national championship game.
2: Thank you, Joy. Take it easy.
3: Do you
1: love Selena?
2: Like, really love?
1: Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the queen of Tejano.
2: And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon.
1: We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.
3: We're getting funky on a Saturday. Welcome back to the Joy Taylor Show on Fox Sports Radio. Brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas, your home for live sports. And that means all sports, every game, match, race, and competition, it is always on. Now go and plan your trip at visitlasvegas.com to see the best and brightest in Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. Thank you to TJ from Twitter Sports for joining us there. Really excited for that national championship game this weekend. We've got Daniel Jeremiah joining us in a few minutes to talk about Chargers Raiders, which is a bonus playoff game. Sometimes sports gives us some extra fun. And this weekend we get one of those with the Chargers and Raiders. Whoever wins is in. If they tie, they are both in. They are not playing for a tie. (laughs) Sometimes it's just like silly. Like we have to ask questions as reporters. I'm not a reporter. I've never wanted to be a reporter. I don't want that responsibility. Um, which is why I hold reporters and journalists in, in such high regard because uh, I'm I'm an opinionist and I think there's a very massive difference. Uh, I don't think there is. There is a massive difference with someone giving their opinion and someone reporting the news. And uh, sometimes we got to ask those questions. But Brian Staley was asked, and he's like, "No, nah, we're gonna play the game. We're not gonna." play for a tie nobody um, ever really wants to tie ties are the worst they I mean there's the nothing worse than a tie it is it sucks for fans it sucks for the players and coaches it just sucks it sucks for the record books and one it just it's the worst nobody wants a tie so even if it did benefit both of them nobody's doing that um speaking of reporters Baker Mayfield decided to respond to Mary Kay Cabot, who had a report that there's a little bit of a rift between him and Kevin Stefanski And, you know, there's some trade options out there. And Baker did not take kindly uh, to her report and responded, clickbait, you and many other Cleveland local media continue to be drama stirring reporters with no sources or facts. Don't put words in my mouth so you can put food on your table. I'm not your puppet. Now, look, Baker had a terrible season. Didn't play well. Browns are out of the postseason. And, of course, there's going to be conversations about what his standing is in Cleveland, as there should be. And this idea that anyone is above criticizing or questioning Baker Mayfield's position with the Cleveland Browns is wildly silly. Now, he might not agree with her report, um, and maybe him and Kevin Stefanski have a great relationship. I don't know. But I do know that when you are playing terrible – and you had Super Bowl expectations and you didn't even make the playoffs. And that's largely due to your terrible play. I think maybe you sit out sit, sit out, uh, like coming for Cleveland Media, who, by the way, defended you endlessly over the past couple years when everyone was questioning whether you the, were the guy. And th- from the body of work that you have put on the field over your tenure in the NFL, it is very clear that you are not, in fact, capable of elevating a team to multiple postseason wins. And this year, even getting to the postseason. So I just don't don't get it with Baker Mayfield. I would not treat the media that way. I don't have a problem with guys responding to random trolls or fans or, you know, whatever. However you want to handle it is fine with me. But don't be mad when people don't ever come back around on you. Like when you accuse somebody of lying to put food on the table, look. People are better than me. I learned that multiple times this week. Like I, I need to. I don't know. Maybe get my spirit right or something. But it could not be me. You're not gonna accuse me of lying to put food on my table. It couldn't be me. <laughs> you better be living right if you're talking snappy to people like that. That's all I'm saying. It could not be me, <laughs> but I just think it's not good practice for your franchise quarterback to be scorching earth with the entire Cleveland media saying that they are you know, making stuff up like you didn't play well this year. You're going to get criticized. That's how it works. People are allowed to to look into what your future is with the team when they have Super Bowl expectations and your play led them out of the postseason. I feel like that's fair. And I don't really get into, like, what's fair and what's not fair. Like, that's what's going to happen. When you're the franchise quarterback, you get all the praise and you get all the criticism. That's how it works. Let's talk to Daniel Jeremiah. I want to get his thoughts on this, actually, as well, and what they might do with, with Baker in Cleveland next year. Um, NFL Network, Prime Video, also with the Chargers. But first, let's get to what's trending.
0: Joy right now in college basketball. Number 14, Texas in a dogfight in Stillwater, trailing Oklahoma State right now 40-35. to 35. Number 19, DePaul, or number 19, Villanova and DePaul. They're on at Fox right now, tied up at 37 apiece. Syracuse and Wake Forest as well. Kansas State, West Virginia. Kansas State leading by three over West Virginia, 49 to 46. Earlier today, Purdue got things done. Purdue lobs it into Edie, working against John Harris, spinning to the right shoulder and scoring with a left hand. Now that's a strong move there by the Canadian, Zach Edie. Yeah, Purdue got it done at Penn State, 74-67. Number 12, Houston, 14-2 this season. Dump Wichita State, 76-66. Josh Carlton had 22 points and 12 rebounds in the victory. And number 24, Seton Hall wins in overtime over UConn, 90-87. College football today. Former Auburn Tigers head coach Gene Chizik has agreed to join North Carolina as their defensive coordinator. NFL News, Joe Burrow out for week 18. James Washington, the Steelers, out as well. He's in the reserve COVID-19 list. Browns have players, quarterback cornerback Denzel Ward the reserve COVID-19 list as well. His season is over with. Joy.
3: Thank you, David Cascon, for what's trending. Now let's go out to Daniel Jeremiah. Move the Sticks podcast with the Chargers. NFL on Prime, Scouts Feed on Prime Video, and Move the Sticks On Twitch, what else am I forgetting? NFL Network. DJ, you do so much.
7: Yeah, it's a little overrated, Joy. A little overrated.
3: (laughs) Well, thank you for making some time for us on your Saturday. I was just talking about Baker Mayfield and his response to Mary Kay Cabot, which I think is just wild. But, you know, Baker was not good this year. And now there's questions, legitimate questions, because we have a significant body of work about whether he is – a franchise quarterback. I think he's a starter, but I think there's a massive difference between being a franchise quarterback and being someone that, you know, because of the weak quarterback market gives you an opportunity to be the starter.
7: Yeah. I mean, we, we talk about it, Joy, all the time with, with Bucky when we do the trucks and trailers thing about, you know, the, the number of quarterbacks that can really kind of take the team and, and carry the team versus the quarterbacks are really completely dependent on what's around them. And I would say, I would add to that, obviously the health of Baker. I think when he's healthy, I think he's a he's a solid trailer. You know, you put him on a good team like they have in Cleveland, they can win a lot of games and and potentially go deep into the playoffs. But um, he's I don't think he's ever going to be that truck. He's never going to be the guy that really elevates everybody around him. And now, you know, you, you add in the fact that he's injured and not healthy, and you get I think all this frustration that's boiled over.
3: Uh, the other big drama story before we get to the football that's actually going to be played, the guys that are actually in the postseason, was Antonio Brown this week. Which look like you could spend three hours talking about all of the incidents that Antonio Brown has been involved in. And quite frankly, yeah. I, I I just find it I find it boring at this point. Like I think when people are, are continuously the same individual and someone steps up to give them another opportunity to ruin their locker room, I don't have sympathy for you. I do think what he's doing to Tom Brady in the media is wild. But all of that aside, I still think someone will give him an opportunity next year.
7: Gosh, I just, I, I've, I've heard that and I've heard, you know, other people have said that to me in, even inside the league. And I am just like, how is that possible? Like, why in the world would you want to sign up for? I mean, I, and I don't understand for the life of me, the people that are at all surprised by any of this, like it's the equivalent of you know going into your refrigerator and going to grab milk that's been in there for three months and being shocked that it's past the expiration date like Antonio Brown very clearly comes with an expiration date and it feels like that moves up with each team he goes to and I just don't know why you'd want to you know set yourself up for that experience. I don't know what about it is appealing and I mean he was a Hall of Fame level player um, for a long time, I and mean, you, you can kind of forget about it you go back and look through those Pittsburgh years gosh. It's, There was a six-year run where he was unbelievable. He's a a four-touchdown-a-year guy the last couple years. Like, you really want to put up with all that for four touchdowns? I just don't know why anybody would want to sign up for that.
3: So Tom Brady and the Bucs, I feel like, are getting a a little overlooked in this Antonio Brown drama. Like, I still think they are a Super Bowl contender, but everyone seems to think, like you just mentioned, what his actual, you know, Contribution to the team is, although if you ask him, he's the best player on the team, and I don't know how they're going to win without him. Uh, I, just, I by I the disagree. way, what is he
7: basing that off of? What like I, I saw that I don't know what show that was. I don't want uh, It was the Full Send know, make,
3: podcast. Make, yeah, make fun of the Full Send
7: podcast, but I'm like, is anybody going to push back on the fact that just looking at the numbers, he's nowhere near what those other guys are, mean, not even. I mean, close.
3: no, because this that's that's Antonio Brown's whole thing is that he surrounds himself with people that enable him and co-sign everything that he does and says because that's his personality. I, personally, if people tell me that I'm right all the time, I can't be friends with them. I want someone Ow. to tell me if I'm acting a fool. Don't have me out here looking stupid. Uh, I, that's <laughs> not a friend. That's not a friend. And, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I, I, Mike Evans, has anyone heard of Mike Evans? The very Ow. man that was standing next to you pleading with you not to strip your your uniform off and walk off the field. Pretty good. Pretty good player.
7: Yeah, yeah not to mention the fact that there was – there was no line for him, you know, at that point in time when the Bucks brought him in. And that was, I mean, that wasn't, in my opinion, that wasn't a Bruce Arians decision. I don't, I don't know that it was necessarily a Jason Light decision. That was a Tom Brady decision. He literally pumped life back into your career and got you a Super Bowl. And then now you're going to chuck him under the bus? Like, that's, that's another whole thing. But, you know, to kind of go back to what you were just saying, though, Joy, like I do think they're getting overlooked a little bit. If they can get healthy on defense and get some of those key pieces back – I'm just I have a hard time betting against Brady like it's you know I don't care who he's with Um, it's just hard when you see him lined up in the postseason to say oh yeah yeah, no he's got no shot
3: we're talking a lot about the the NFC all week and the Cowboys and Brady and the Packers and Rams and I I feel like we're kind of overlooking the AFC but it's been a year of parody and I feel like every team has massive holes. So I feel the best about the Chiefs, but just kind of for the similar reason that you just mentioned about Brady. Like, I'm going to trust somebody that I've seen do it before. Um, should we be worried? Like, do should, should, should the Titans and, and the Bills, like, do they have enough for the Chiefs?
7: I've talked to a bunch of these teams that are in the field, um, you know, in this AFC playoff field, and talking to their personnel departments and talking to some coaches, and then obviously, you know, the stuff I do with the Chargers. And I, I can never recall a year where every team feels like, we can we can we can emerge out of this thing like we can definitely uh, you know make a run here and go deep and then there's also every single one of them also said that we could you know potentially be done in the first round like it is truly wide open in the AFC I, I don't know that I feel you know any stronger about the Chiefs than, than some of these other teams but I, I mean if you want to look at recent history they've been to the last two Super Bowls that should give you a lot of confidence I still don't think that their offense is is quite right. You know, they had kind of that one, one explosive game, but for the most part, it just hasn't been the same offense we've seen over the last couple of years. So they're definitely vulnerable. Um, but again, I mean, I would, i be shocked if the chiefs lost in the first round or won the Super Bowl? No, I, I think it's just wide open. Like we've never seen it before.
3: We're talking to Daniel Jeremiah on the Joy Taylor show, Fox sports radio. So chargers Raiders this weekend, we got a gift from sports gods It's essentially an extra playoff game. <laughs> Um, whoever wins this gets in, unless they tie. They both get in, which nobody's playing for. Um, but the, the guys, my producers, Ryan and Sam, have talked me into taking the Raiders' side on this, that I should be rooting for the Raiders because of the, the dysfunctional season that they've had and the performance that Derek Carr has, has put up this season to get them into this spot. But I think you're going to side with the Chargers on this one.
7: Yeah, I mean, I, I, won't, I won't pick it, with, you know, calling it, but I think the Chargers have more talent when you just go, you know, one through 53 and look at the roster the chargers are actually pretty healthy, you know, at this point in time too. In and in a weird way, I know if they, you know, they don't have the 10 guys that, that they miss in the Houston game. Um, you know, they probably win that game and you, you're already in the post season, but in the long run, it might end up being a good thing for them because, you know, that was a lot of key players with Osa and Eckler and Corey Lindsay, all those guys, basically it was like a COVID bye week mm-hmm. um, They got to, they got to rest up. So, uh, I think they're, you know, if you just look at it on paper, it, the Chargers should win the football game. They've got a more talented team. They've got a better quarterback, uh, but the Raiders have been a resilient bunch from everything they've been through with with Gruden and Ruggs all the way through the whole year. Um, you know, it's, it's a it's a miracle to me that they're e- even in this spot right now. So um, I think it should be a fun game. It's going to be rocking and rolling. I know that. I can't wait to get out there.
3: So the other. I guess marquee game that has real postseason implications is the Niners and Rams game this weekend. Um, I am a little skeptical about Matthew Stafford because of the turnovers. Obviously, he's had a very productive year. They've had a successful regular season. But going into the postseason, I'm concerned about the amount of times he's turning it over. And I think we talk about it like obviously every turnover is not created equal but pick sixes are pretty uh pretty important that's by nature of the name of the interception it is it means the other team has more points so are you concerned about Matthew Stafford in the postseason
7: yeah I mean I think there's not much evidence of what he's done in the postseason start with so um you've got history there and you know I I would feel better if you'd have told me you know he's had these turnovers and um, they were taking place in week two, four, seven, nine, but man, he's really, he's really cleaned it up as he's gotten more comfortable in the new environment. We've seen steady growth, and he's really starting to peak at the right time. I don't really get that sense. Now, I give him credit because they've been winning games um, even though he's been turning the football over, but yeah, that's a that's that's definitely a cause for concern as you go into the postseason.
3: Who is your MVP right now? Because obviously the Tom the uh, I'm sorry, Aaron Rodgers conversation was going on all week for different reasons. I think Aaron Rodgers is deserving of the MVP, but uh, my. Co-host Colin Cowherd made a very compelling case for Joe Burrow. Obviously, we've kind of just ignored that Tom Brady is the second best odds. I think that Jonathan Taylor is is a has had an incredible season, but he did his first you know four of his first five games he didn't have more than sixty five yards rushing. So I think when you look at the full body of work, it is Aaron Rodgers. He has the edge. But who is the MVP to you?
7: Yeah, it's Aaron Rodgers, And, and you know him missing a game in some ways kind of just strengthened his case because we saw what life looked like without Aaron Rodgers. Um, it's just a totally different football team. So I, I think, in the sense, he's the most valuable player to his team. Uh, I think he had the best year. I, I, you know, I, I will say this: Joe Burrow is my favorite player in the NFL. There's nobody I enjoy watching on Monday mornings when I start watching tape from the weekend and then Cincinnati and Joe Burrow. And I, I was talking to a buddy in the league the other day who brought up a great point, which was the best thing that's happened to the Cincinnati Bengals in the last, you know, 20 years was getting Joe Burrow. The second best thing that's happened to the Cincinnati Bengals in the last 20 years was Joe Burrow tearing his knee because if Joe Burrow doesn't tear his knee, there's no way they end up in a position to picture Mark Chase. Right. So it, it's kind of a, you know, maybe one of the most fortuitous injuries that we've seen in the NFL over the last few years.
3: Well, thanks so much for making some time for us today, DJ. Check Daniel Jeremiah out on the Chargers broadcast. And of course, on NFL on Prime Video next weekend's uh, Scouts Feed and always on Move the, St- the Move the Sticks podcast with Bucky Brooks. Thanks, DJ. Appreciate you, Joy. Take care. It's Daniel Jeremiah. his podcast is great with Bucky Brooks, Move the Sticks. They also have the show on NFL Network, uh, former scout, and great insight there. All right, let's go back over my picks for the weekend, and I do want to mention that thing that keeps being brought up about Antonio Brown I teased earlier. It's a question that I keep seeing and getting, and it doesn't make any sense to me. will do that next
2: And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon.
1: We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.
3: Welcome back. Joy Taylor's show on Fox Sports Radio. Fun show today. Very exciting weekend coming up. Week 18, the NFL. We made it, guys. In the biz... Football season is a, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And we are at the postseason. And it has been an eventful week, to say the least. Um, thank you to TJ Atashola for joining us, head of Twitter sports, to Kiana Martin, senior reporter for the 49ers, and Daniel Jeremiah, Move the Sticks, Chargers, Prime Video. Um, NFL Network, uh, great show today. So I teased before the break that the, the question that keeps coming up that I keep seeing everywhere on social media with the Antonio Brown situation is I, I, they really want to know what was said. They want to know what Bruce Arians said to Antonio Brown to trigger him, his reaction on the field. And um, to be honest with you, that thought never crossed my mind for a moment in this entire scenario. It's not it's not information I feel compelled to get. But if you, if you wanted to know what Bruce Arians said to Antonio Brown, what could he have said? Like there's a very short list of things for me, like very obvious words or phrases that he could use to Antonio Brown that would trigger somebody not named Antonio Brown for, for me to think like, okay, that's, that's, that's a reasonable reaction. Like Colin and I talked about this on the show. If Larry Fitzgerald did what Antonio Brown did in a game, I would want to know what Bruce Arians said. What was said on that sideline to make Larry Fitzgerald strip and run across the field? That's information I need because that is out of character. That is, that is not what Larry Fitzgerald does. But I, I, I don't I don't need to like get to the bottom of what Bruce Arians said to Antonio Brown because I have years and years and incident after incident of examples of Antonio Brown making really bad decisions. So there's a way I would want to know what, what Bruce Arians said. And that, that's this scenario because I keep seeing this. And when I keep seeing people ask the same question, I have to stop and think about why am I not thinking that way? OK, there are there's a small group of things that Bruce Arians could have said um, which we have no indication that he said them to trigger Antonio Brown acting that way, and I would be okay with it. So let's let's remove those from the table. So So when I think about it, what would make me consider that Antonio Brown was making the right decision to strip off his uniform and throw it into the stands and walk across the field in the middle of a game? Probably nothing. There's like three things that could be said. What I would want to know is if Antonio Brown didn't go back in the game got with his agent, got with his NFLPA representative, and then had the conversation about the Bucks trying to force him into a game while he was hurt, then I would say, okay, wait a minute. What happened here? Are the Bucs trying to make him play hurt? Is something else going on here? And the reason I would be asking those questions is because he would be acting like a professional. He would be doing what an adult does at their job when they are presented with something they don't feel comfortable with. When I'm not asking what's going on is when you're stripping off your clothes and running across the field. Am I being irrational? I honestly, the reaction to this story is making me think like, I'm might. i on the outside here, clearly, because I think that this is very predictable. There's not a whole lot to wonder about why Antonio Brown did this because he does this all the time. What is there to get to the bottom of? (laughs) We don't have enough time on this show for me to run down the incidents that Antonio Brown has been involved in. Over his career. On and off the field. Which, by the way, are terrible, terrible situations. Involving other people and their harm. It is unbelievable to me the reaction to this story. Not that he did it. That part is totally believable. To the, fact that, to the point that it is boring to me. Because because this is what he does. We've seen so much of this. I just don't know what there is to solve here. It's pretty simple. The Bucks. Bruce Arians and Tom Brady took a a, a flyer on him, took a chance, a gamble that paid off. They won a Super Bowl. And then when he messed up, which he inevitably was going to do because he has no interest in changing his lifestyle, they didn't cut him. So here we are again. Anyway, exciting weekend. Looking forward to the games this weekend and the national championship game. Uh, Cowboys, Eagles, Steelers, Ravens, Niners, Rams, Saints, Falcons, Chargers, Raiders, my favorite five and Eagles plus four, Pitt plus three and a half and Raiders plus... Three are my dimes. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Steve Hartman, Jeff Schwartz coming up next on Fox Sports Radio. I'll post the podcast on my social media. Thanks for hanging. Do
1: you love Selena? Like really love?
3: Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her
1: looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano.